right, all right, all right. Church, say amen. amen. All right, I've got a buddy of mine that is sitting at the, uh, what's the truck stop, 69, Dodge City? Dodge City truck stop, and he's watching online. He couldn't get here, but he's watching online. So can y'all give him a, a, a big howdy? Yeah. That's not a howdy. There we go. All right, all right. All right, Revelation, his name, Derek McCormick, by the way. How many of y'all remember the older gentleman that comes and preaches, one of my mentors, uh, Preacher McCormick from Florida? It's his boy. It's his boy. So anyway, and uh, I didn't get a hold of him till late, and so anyway, he's going to watch on live stream. Revelation chapter number 11. Turn with me to Revelation chapter number 11. Grab your Bible. Who needs a lesson? Who needs a lesson? Everybody got one? Everybody good? My goodness, y'all are on the ball tonight. Not one single hand. Uh-oh, Miss Robin. Somebody pointed you out. I ain't going to say who it was, but his initials are Dorgan. <clears throat> all right, all right. Everybody good in the balcony? We're all good. Here's what we're going to do. I, we, we, we halfway or three-quarters way finished the lesson from the last time. So what I'm going to do is just go over some of that again in, in chapter number 11, and we'll do chapter 11 and chapter 12 uh, uh, together tonight. So let's, let's just do it that way. Some of you already have that if you have your lesson from the last time. So this is just a, a review of that, and we'll finish up that particular chapter, and then we'll come back to it. So let's, let's read. Uh, let's, do, let's do this. Let's read one verse, one verse. And there was given, a, given me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood, saying, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar, and them that worship therein. Father, Lord, we thank you for your blessings and your mercy, and for, Lord, this good crowd tonight. Thank you for the privilege of coming and, and being a part of your place, being a part of this house, and just studying your word and learning and growing and edifying. Lord, I pray that you'll just help us now tonight. God, will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, you can be seated. <clears throat> Here's a couple questions that was put in the question box. Uh, I told you I was going to do this like five minutes early, but it's been a couple weeks since we've, we've gathered this way, so I, I, would, I just said we'll just do it in the regular time. And then next week, next week if we have questions in the box, we'll do them early, okay? Uh, do, you believe, do you believe God will send his people back from heaven when they die for his work? Now, we're going to read about the two witnesses, and it's a possibility that he sends Moses back as one of the witnesses. So that's, that, that may be a possibility. Uh, but there's no other biblical record. There's nobody going to heaven and then coming back doing his work. Not, not in biblical record. So no, I don't believe that once you go to heaven that he'll let you come back to earth to do his work. The only possibility that, that, that is there is, is possibly uh, Moses or, or Enoch. Well, it says when they die, so it wouldn't be Enoch. Possibly Moses, if that's one of the two witnesses. All right. If the Jews are God's chosen people, what happens to all the Jewish people that have died during the timeout period? I'm talking about the church age, the time, the great time of grace, and the tribulation. Are are they lost or are they going to hell? Anybody without Christ is going to hell. If you die without the Lord Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile. You will die without Christ and spend eternity in hell. That's why Paul said that, that he, he wished and he, his prayer for Israel is that they might be saved. All right? So if you die without Christ, it doesn't matter who you are, Jew or Gentile, you will you'll perish in hell. All right? This page 
has like four questions on one page. They're going to get the goody out of this one. What is the role of the 144,000 virgin missionaries, the Jewish uh, uh, missionaries from each 12 tribes, 12,000 from each tribe? These are witnesses. They are going to go forth into all the earth, all the earth, and carry the gospel to all the earth and preach. That is their purpose. That is their role. And then it says, can only Jews be saved? Uh, and if that's so, do they have to be 100% Jew or just so long as you've got some Jewish blood? Uh, it's not, Jew and Gentile can be saved during the tribulation period. It doesn't matter who you are. There's going to be a, of every nation and every kindred and every tongue. So it doesn't matter if you have a lot of Jew or a little Jew in you, 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 it doesn't matter. Jew and Gentile can be saved during the tribulation period. All right. Then the third question I just answered, can Gentiles be saved during tribulation? Yes. Yes, they can. Is it just people who have never heard of Jesus that can be saved? Now that's a question. That's a question. I was taught growing up that, that if you have heard the gospel before the rapture of the church and you refuse to believe in the gospel, you had an opportunity to trust Christ as your Savior and you didn't, then you're going to believe the lie of the Antichrist. And that is, it is taken from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 7 through 12. And it says, God shall send them strong delusion that they believe a lie. Now, I'm not 100% sure on that. I, I'm not sure that that if, if you have had an opportunity or you have heard the gospel before the rapture and you go into the tribulation period that you have an opportunity to be saved, I'm not sure. I can't dogmatically say one way or the other. I was taught, I was taught that that is so, that if you have heard the gospel before the rapture, then you're going to believe the lie of the Antichrist. And, and, and so that's a, that's a great possibility. But the more I dig into it, I'm not completely 100% sold that that is the truth. But either way, here's, here's a good thing to, to, to keep in mind. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't risk it. Don't risk it. Trust Christ today. Today is the day of salvation. Nobody's promised tomorrow. You're not promised to make it during the tribulation period. You're not even promised to make it to the tribulation period. Uh, you, could, you could leave earth tonight. And so, so just, just don't, don't, don't put it off. Don't wait. Trust Christ today and all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. Now, as a way of review, let's look at Revelation. I got a couple videos I want to show you uh, in, in way of uh, uh, review. Let's look at verse number one, chapter 11. Now, chapter 11, chapter 11 is going to give you some things that are taking place during the last half of the tribulation period. Okay, the last 42 months, the last three and a half years. If you'll remember, this, how long is the tribulation period? Everybody say it. Seven years. So you have the first half is three and a half years, and the second half is three and a half years. All right, the first half is the tribulation period. The second half is the great tribulation. All right, this is what we're talking about right now. This is what we're discussing, things that are going on, things that are taking place in the second half of the tribulation period, the time of Jacob's trouble. This is when God is going to chastise Jacob, chastise the nation of Israel, chastise the Jews with the Gentiles, all right? Now, look in verse number one. And there was given me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. Now, keep in mind the altar is probably the brazen altar because they were not allowed to go into where the, the, the altar of incense was. So it would, it would be the, the outside altar. This is talking about an earthly, it's an earthly temple, okay? It's an earthly temple. 
Now, so if you're taking notes, write this down. First, we see the temple worship. The temple worship. Two things. Two things that we know by this. This, this reveals the rebuilding. This reveals the rebuilding. A, the rebuilding. <clears throat> All right, so fill that in, verse, uh, or, or letter A, the rebuilding. What does that mean? It means that the Jewish people are going to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. Uh, some speculate that there's going to be an agreement with the Antichrist. The Antichrist is going to uh, 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 make a, a treaty, make a pact, you know, uh, bring peace in the Middle East and allow the Jews to build their temple. Now, here's something that's very, very, uh, very, very interesting. Now, I'm not, I don't like, I don't like people writing books all the time about, okay, this is, this is the sign for this, this is the sign for that. And the Bible says, no man knows the hour nor the day. Say amen. amen. So you're, you'll be foolish for, for trying to speculate, saying I know exactly the time and I know exactly the date and all that kind of stuff. Anytime they write a book, save your money. Don't buy that garbage, all right? But but we can know some things that are taking place. Uh, uh, right now, right now, uh, uh, Jared Kushner is, has got a plan. It is, it is, it is not secretive, but it's, it's, it's uh, not going to be revealed to after the election. I think the election is April the 8th or April the 9th in, in Israel. Uh, uh, so after that, he's going to reveal it, and, and this is his peace plan. This is his plan to, uh, uh, to settle the, the conflict that's been going on between the Palestinians and the Israelis for all this time. And uh, so we know that the, the Dome of the Rock is on the, the Temple Mount, right? And so we know this is the, uh, the, holy, the holiest spot on earth for, uh, for the Jews, and, and either second or third holiest for the Muslims. And so this, these, these things have caused the conflict. Now, in order, in order for this to take place, what we just read, there's got to be a temple in Jerusalem, okay? In order for what, what we just read to take place, there's got to be a temple in Jerusalem. I want you all to watch this. Let me see the first video, if you can. It is a historic moment. All right. How about that? moment in the U.S.-Israel partnership. It'll be the first time ever that America's top diplomat visits the old city officially accompanied by a senior Israeli official. That's because the Western the Wall, the Wailing Wall. It's contested between Israelis and Palestinians. When foreign dignitaries visit, they usually do so with private guides. Remember, when both President Trump and Vice President Pence were there, they did not allow Israeli government officials to join them. Pompeo earlier today visited the Yad Vashem Holocaust Memorial and Museum in Jerusalem and helped lay a wreath. He also had a meeting with Israel's president, Reuben Rivlin, and pledged American support. You should know that you have no better friend than the United States. Your point about the priority of our relationships is very real. We don't just talk about it. We execute it every day, um, and uh, it benefits each of our two nations. And I look forward to our conversation. You talked about Hamas, Hezbollah, the Houthis, all of these entities that present risk to Middle East stability and to Israel. Uh, they're determined to wipe this country off the face of the planet, and we have a moral obligation and a political one to prevent that from happening. You should know the United States is prepared to do that. Now watch what they tore. This is the Western Wall, the, the, the Wailing Wall. The wall that the Jewish people believe is the last remnant of the last temple. 
They stuff prayers. They'll take and write their prayers down and stuff them in the wall. Now we're going to see the first art to support the bridge. We will be other. Please. All right, and now they're fixing to walk, walk to, uh, uh, to their left, which would, uh, let's see, and they, they come into the underground. There's a tunnel that goes parallel with the western wall that goes underneath. And that's where they're at now. They're underneath. And the reason that, that there is walls going down that far, if you'll remember, uh, Jerusalem has been, has been destroyed many times and rebuilt and destroyed and rebuilt and destroyed and rebuilt. Now look what they have. This is un underground Sanhedrin, 70 seats. Before they can build the temple, there has to be a Sanhedrin. You see the candlestick they've already made? The pomegranate in the back. That's Mike Pompeo and, and Benjamin Netanyahu, the, the Israeli prime minister. Now stop, stop. These are the plans for the third temple. Y'all hear me? It's already in place. They're already, listen, this, let me put it into perspective. Your great-grandparents, your great-grandparents lived in a day when there was no nation of Israel. You with me? What did God say? Prophecy, the, the people would come back to Israel. They would form a nation again. All right, your great-grandparents never saw that. But you're seeing Bible prophecy unfolding right before your eyes. It is unheard of. Your grandparents, it would have been unheard of for them to even mention or think or suggest that the nation of Israel have another temple. And you, with your own eyeballs, are looking at it. What does that mean? We're close. We're close. We're going to, we're going to, uh, uh, if the Lord tears is coming. Now, now some, some speculate that this could be built during the time the church is here on earth. Some believe that it won't take place till we are raptured out and the, and the Antichrist will be integral in making this happen. Uh, but either way, it, 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 this, is, this is what I'm saying. Everything is sitting on the G waiting on the O. Is everybody with me? Say amen. This is how close we are, all right? So in order for uh, verse 1 of chapter number 11 to take place, they have to have their temple. All right, you can, you can keep playing. Mike Pompeo, Benjamin Netanyahu, looking at the, the next temple. Do you all understand how incredible that is? This is pottery from the first temple, they believe. All right, that's fine. Now let's, let's keep reading. What's that mean? That means there's going to be a temple here on earth, all right? 
Now, secondly, secondly, we see not only does this reveal the rebuilding that there's going to be another temple. God says to measure it. He is, he is cutting it out for his own, saying, these, this is mine, these are my people. It says, but the court which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not. For it is given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. All right, this reveals the ransacking. Write that word down. This reveals a ransacking. What does that mean? God is going to allow the Gentiles to overtake the city Jerusalem. All right, 42 months. 42 months. This is the last three, three and a half years of the tribulation period. Now, I believe this is the time, this is the time that where, where Jesus is speaking about in Matthew chapter number 24, when he says, when you see the abomination of desolation happen, flee into the mountains, get out of here. Uh, it is going to be hell on earth after that. All right. This is when I believe that takes place in the mid part of the tribulation period that begins. The nation of Israel flees, uh, uh, the Antichrist, this great politician who has promised them peace and safety, this one who's promised them, he's, their, he's really their hero, he's their Messiah. He turns against him and they realize he is not who he said he is. And he goes from being, he goes from being the hero to the beast. And he attacks Israel, he attacks the, the, the Jewish people, and they flee. And we're going to talk more about that in the next chapter, all right, in, in, in more detail. So with that being said, let's go to number two. During the same period of time, during the last three and a half years of the tribulation period, he's going to have two witnesses. God is going to send two witnesses. Verse number three, it says, And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days clothed in sackcloth. Same, same period of time. This is according to the, the days. It's, it's in months in the other number, but it's in days according to the Jewish calendar, but it's the same period of time. So during the great tribulation period, God is going to have two witnesses that are preaching. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the, the God of the earth. Now, now what is, what is you, you put these two things together, olive trees and, and the candlesticks. Uh, the olive trees produced oil and the oil was put in the candlesticks. What does a candlestick bring? Come on, everybody. Light. So what are these? These are anointed light bearers. All right. Always in the, in the, in the, in the word, anytime you find the olive oil is the, it's the anointing of God, right? So they are anointed light bearers. They're going to be preaching. They're going to be preaching in a bad time. It's not going to be a good time to be a preacher. Say amen. It is going to be a time when the, the Antichrist is at his heyday. He is angry. He is killing. He is killing. He is destroying. He's doing everything. The wickedness on this earth is going to be at an apex. It is going to be in a, an incredible way. But yet these two preachers are going to be preaching against sin. It's going to be preaching Jesus. It's going to be preaching on wickedness and the, and the immorality of man and the wickedness of man. God's going to give them power and he's going to anoint them and they are going to be bearing the, the light, the light. Church, say amen. amen. Look at this. As we keep reading, it's describing these guys. And it says in verse 5, And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth. That's what I call fire and brimstone preaching. Say amen. <laughs> fire proceeded out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. These have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. And by the way, when Elijah, 
when Elijah was in his time and in his prophet, as a prophet, he prayed and shut up heaven and it didn't rain for how long? Three and a half years. Three and a half years. All right. So they're going to have the ability to shut the waters off. Turn them, and he's also going to have power over the waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. That's why many people, many people believe that the other witness, one's going to be Elijah and one's going to be Moses. They believe. Now, during this period of time, during this 42 months, this three and a half years, they're going to be, they're going to pray. The rain's going to stop. There's not going to be any rain. There's going to be a drought. And they're going to be able to cause plagues to take place during this three and a half years. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them. Anytime you see the beast in Revelation, it's in reference to the Antichrist, okay? The Antichrist is making war with them. He's trying to destroy them. Shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. Now you think, man, that's terrible. But go back to verse 7. Go back to verse 7. And when they shall have finished, finished, what does that mean? What does that mean? The devil has no power over you till you are finished. Until God's through with you, the devil can't. Are y'all with me? Man, that's exciting. Hallelujah. If you have people attacking you, if you have people criticizing you, if you have people coming against you, just understand you're in good shape. As long as you're in the will of God, you're in good shape. And it says, when he kills them, their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city which spiritually is called Sodom in Egypt, which also our Lord, where also our Lord was crucified. So we know this is in Jerusalem. And they of the people and the kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. And they shall dwell upon the earth, or they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. Now let's think about this. Let's, 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 sometimes, sometimes. When you're reading Bible stories, or especially something like this, you, you ima- your imagination uh, doesn't, it, it's, not, it's not real practical and it's not real realistic. But let's, let's do it this way. Let's do it this way. Think about right now the vitriol and the anger and the hatred that goes on on social media with anybody that stands for the gospel. Anybody that you're called a bigot, you're called a hater, uh, I mean, amongst other things, you know, and, and, and anybody that stands for truth, anybody that stands for righteousness is, is labeled, is hated. I'm, I'm not just talking about disagreed with. I'm talking about hated, hated with a wicked hatred. Now, imagine this time. Now, right now, right now, the Holy Spirit is influencing this earth. Whether you believe it or not or whether you know it or not, the Holy Spirit is holding back. He's, he's, it says, he that now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Let means to withhold. You're living in a time when the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Holy Spirit is holding back the forces of evil. And in other words, it's going to get a whole lot worse than it is now. And if it's this bad now, if there's this much hatred against the truth now, if there's this much hatred against those that deliver the truth and preach the truth now, what's it going to be like when the Antichrist is ruling? Are y'all with me? Let's describe this. Let's describe what we just read. They hate these guys. The followers of the Antichrist. 
The people that have received the mark and they are following the Antichrist. They believe he is the hero. They believe he's God himself. And they are following the Antichrist. And they hate these preachers so bad that when the Antichrist finally kills them, they party about it. And they send gifts to one another and celebrate the deaths of these two men of God. I know that sounds crazy, but I promise you, we're not far from it right now. And they send gifts. They are excited. They don't even give them the dignity of burying them and giving them a proper burial. They let them just lay there for three days. And after three and a half days, the Bible says the Spirit of God comes back into them. And they resurrect, and then they ascend back into heaven. Why? God's through with them now. Can you imagine... Can you imagine every news outlet, Fox News, CNN News, every news outlet has cameras showing them because the Bible says the whole earth is celebrating. Listen, they are watching this, but guess what they see too? They say, oh, oh, wait a minute. Breaking news. They ain't dead no more. Are y'all with me? Now let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. The Bible says, and they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them, make merry, and shall send gifts one to another, because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. Now, now look, when I think torment, uh, I used to torment my little brother. And me and him both used to torment our big sister. Now, when you think of torment, you, you, you think of being mean and, and nasty and hurtful and all that. Do you know what tormented them? The truth. These guys were preaching the truth. And the Bible says, the Bible says that they loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. And just hearing the truth was torment to them. Guys, are we close? Can you not see that today in any social media platform? Now look. After three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them. And they stood upon their feet and great fear fell upon them which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. And the same hour there was a great earthquake, and the tenth part of the city fell. And in the earthquake were slain, now this is Jerusalem, guys, were slain of men 7,000, and the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe was past, and behold, the third woe cometh quickly. And the seventh angel sounded, And there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever. Now I want you to do this. Uh, uh, Beside verse number 2, beside verse number 2, write the word beginning. Write the word beginning beside verse number 2 in your Bible. So you'll know that when when, when what you're reading there is in reference to the beginning of the great tribulation. It would be the mid part 
In other words, three and a half years in, but it's the beginning of the great tribulation. It's the beginning of the three and a half years when this takes place. Okay, verse 15. Verse 15 is put toward the end. Or you can just put the end. You'll know what it's talking about. Now it's in reference to the end. It says the kingdoms of this world are become... In other words, this is after three and a half years of preaching. The two witnesses have been preaching. They're done. God takes them home. The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. And all God's people see it. All right. This is the third woe. We see the, temp, the temple worship the two witnesses. Let me give you the, let me give you the, the uh, A, B, C, D, and E under the, the, the two witnesses. What do we know about the two witnesses? First, they are persons. They're real people. They're not angels. They're people. All right, they're persons. They're real people. All right. Secondly, B, they are prophets. They are prophets. Obviously, C, they are powerful. God gives them special powers. Fire coming out their mouth, the ability to stop the rain, the ability to bring plagues upon this earth. They have special supernatural powers given to them by God. Okay, then they are persecuted. They're persecuted. For three and a half years, Satan's crowd tries everything they can to stop them, tries everything they can to kill them. But when they try to come kill them, fire comes out their mouth. All right, until, until it's time, until God's through, until the sufficiency of the gospel has been preached, they have, have, have done their job and they've fulfilled their responsibility and God allows them to die. All right, they're persecuted. Then E, they are preserved. They are preserved during that period of time. God protects them till he's through. Now, what can we take from that? What's a good, good practical application we can get from that? No matter how close you are to God, no matter how powerful you are, you're still going to be persecuted. Quit whining about people criticizing you. Quit whining about things going wrong in your life and things happening and just your tough times and all that. It's part of life. It's part of life. They that shall enter in, the Bible says, will go through much tribulation. We're going to have a tough time, but God will preserve us. Say amen. Now look at the third woe. The third woe. Three things. This is all review, guys. I'm just trying to go fast. If you like more details about this, go back and, and listen two weeks ago. Okay, that's when we, we really went through all this. The third woe, three things. First, the anticipation of the kingdom. Verse 15, the anticipation of the kingdom. The seventh angel sounded and there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. That's the anticipation of the millennial kingdom when Jesus comes in person, in the flesh, and reigns on this earth. Does everybody understand that? Say amen. All right, that's the anticipation of the kingdom. Then B, the acclaim of the king. The acclaim of the king, the worship of the king. Verse 16, and the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and was and art to come. Because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. And the nations were angry. So that's C. We see the anger of creation. 
the anger of creation. What do we learn from that? They're not going down without a fight. And thy wrath is come. And the time of the dead and they shall be judged and that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints and them that fear thy name shall be small and great and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. And the temple of God was opened and there was seen in the temple, uh, in his temple, the ark of his testament. And there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. Now what do, what do we say that was? We know according to the book of Hebrews that there was a pattern uh, for the earthly temple was just a pattern of the real temple in heaven. Does everybody understand that? In other words, what God gave Moses in the wilderness, it was a pattern of what was real in heaven. It was uh, something assigned to what was to come, okay? Now, chapter 12. Here's what, here's what I want you to put above, above your, your notes, above your notes in, in chapter number 12. Uh, put this, uh, a history lesson. A history lesson. Because we're going to see in this chapter, we're going to see a bit of the past and a bit of the future. Now, here's, here's where you got to understand Revelation is not always chronological. All right? Y'all with me? You know, don't, don't read and think that each chapter is chronological to the next. Sometimes he goes back and discusses something in greater detail, something he's already given you. Because we're going to see, we're going to see, uh, we've already talked about the 144,000 witnesses, right? Well, in a few chapters to come, he's going to go into detail about them, all right? Then we've already discussed and talked about the Antichrist. Well, in a few chapters, we're going to go into more detail about him and describe him more. So sometimes you're going to come back and go into more detail about what you've already studied. Well, this chapter is placed right here uh, in the middle uh, to give you a history lesson of really the, the battle of the ages, from the beginning of time, the battle of the ages. So we're going to have a history lesson. In other words, in other words, God is letting you step back and see the panoramic view of the battle of good and evil. Are y'all with me? Say amen in this chapter. So we're going to see a history lesson. John's going to get a history lesson. So start in chapter number 12 in verse number 1. And there appeared a great wonder. The word wonder is the word simeon, which means sign. Okay, it means sign. So we know that there's some typology going on right here, all right? So it says, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of 12 stars, all right? So let, let, me, let me just read through it and then we'll come back and, and, and give you who these people are and what, the, what they mean. All right, verse two. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was called up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God that they should feed her a thousand two hundred and three score days. All right, now let's go back. Let's go back and talk about these different signs, these wonders that we're seeing. First, we see a woman. We see a woman in verse number one. 
A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. Twelve stars, okay? Now, let's, let's look where else in the Bible, where else in the Bible do we find a sun and a moon and twelve stars? How many of y'all remember the, the, the dream of Joseph and Joseph's brothers? Who do, who, who do they represent? They represent the twelve tribes of Israel, okay? So who is this woman? This woman is the nation Israel. It's the nation Israel. So put that down uh, beside, I think it's number, is it letter A? All right. The woman is Israel, okay? She represents Israel. Then B, we see another sign. We see verse number three. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon. Great red dragon. This is Satan. This is Satan. Verse 9, verse 9, look at verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the and, and Satan. So, no question about that. We know, we know that's Satan, okay? So first we have a woman. She's about to give birth. She's travailing in birth. And uh, who do we know? Who do we know? Came, well, I mean, let's, let's continue. Let's continue. This man-child, this man-child, that she gives birth to is described. He's described in verse number five. And she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God into his throne. All right. Now who's the only one we know that's going to rule with a rod of iron? Jesus. Jesus is the man child. Okay. So we see the woman is Israel. The woman is Israel. All right, now, 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 let's keep in mind. Let's keep in mind. We see, we see John is writing. John is writing probably about 90 A.D., right? He, this is after the temple's been destroyed, after they killed about a million Jews, the Romans did. And so this is, this is, is, is John writing uh, pre-Christ or post-Christ? Post, right? Now, but he's seeing... He's seeing the birth of Christ. So he's getting a history lesson, if you will. You see this? So right now, he's recording the past. Come on. He's recording the, the past. Now, now let's, go, let's look at this a little bit. Let's look at this a little bit. Let's talk about Satan. It says in verse number 3, now we know according to verse 9 who this is. It's definitely Satan, without a doubt. Look what he does. Look at his activity in verse 4. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. Okay? Now, in Isaiah, we see this is in referencing to the fall of Satan. Satan was the cause of one-third of the angels to rebel and to be cast down. Isaiah 14, verse 12 says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nation? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Do you realize since his fall, he has tried his best to stop the promised seed of man, Christ, from fulfilling what God said in the garden. Now look, look what it says. It says this in verse number four. Verse number four, and the, red, and the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for to, for to devour. 
He wants to kill the man child. We've got to kill the man child. Now, why is that? Why is that? Why, why would Satan want to kill Jesus? I mean, what is his point? Look in, look in Genesis 3.15. I believe it's in your notes, right? Yes, okay. Genesis 3.15. This is after Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, right? They've, they've sinned in the garden, and God is speaking to Satan. All right, he's speaking to Satan. And this is what he says. He says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Now, what is he saying? A heel, he said, you're going to bruise his heel. That is in reference to Jesus on the cross. He was wounded on the cross. Satan bruised him on the cross. But the head wound, he said, he's going to wound your head. That is always fatal. Say amen. In other words, what, basically what he's saying, you're going to hurt the man child. You're going to hurt the seed. You're going to hurt the promised Messiah that I'm going to send. You're going to bruise him badly, but he's going to bust your head. Say amen. That's basically what that means. And so what does, what does Satan know more than anything? God always keeps his word. If God said it, God's going to do it. And he said, I'm going to send a seed. I'm going to send a promise. I'm going to send a Messiah and he's going to deliver people from their sin. He is going to defeat Satan. So from that point on, from that point on, we see in the history of mankind, Jesus or God bringing the seed into fruition and Satan doing everything he can to stop the seed. Are you with me? Say amen. Here's just a few. Man, there's tons of them. There's tons of them. I wish I had the space and the time to go all, the, all through the Bible where you see this. God made a promise that one day the seed of the woman shall crush Satan and bring his ultimate doom. What was the first thing he did? He convinced Cain to kill Abel. He convinced the, uh, Cain to kill his righteous brother. And I, he, he, he's thinking, I won. I won, but thank God God brought forth Seth. Say amen. Wickedness before the flood. We see that God had to destroy the nations because they were so wicked. Every thought of their minds was continually wicked. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Say amen. Herod, when, when, when Jesus was born, when Jesus was born and he found out about it, the wise men said, we are here to worship uh, him that is born king of the Jews. He said, tell me where he is. And we know God, he thwarted their, their effort. And, and so he got angry and he killed all those babies trying to stop the seed. You see this? Over and over and over. In, in, in Esther, all throughout the Old Testament, in Esther, he tried to destroy the whole nation of Israel. Y'all with me? Haman, y'all remember? All throughout, trying to stop the seed. He tried to tempt Jesus to cast himself down and destroy himself at the pinnacle of the temple. He thought he was stopping the seed at Calvary. But little did he know. Little did he know. Yeah, surprise, surprise, surprise. So, there's this dragon waiting to devour, trying to destroy this man child. We've got to stop him. Let's tempt him. Let's tempt him. Let's try to destroy him. 
when he couldn't get him to destroy himself, he convinced the people. And by the way, we, they took us while we was in Israel, took us to the, the cliff where they believed that they tried, the, the city tried to cast Jesus off, trying to stop the seed. But look at the man child. Let's look at the description given to him. Verse number five. And she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. First, we have his incarnation. He brought forth a man child. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's the incarnation of Jesus. But then we see the ascension of Jesus. The ascension of Jesus. And it says her child was called up unto God and to his throne. Where do we find that? Acts chapter number one. Y'all with me? You remember? Cloud picked him up. <whistles> took him on to glory. He ascended back to the father. So first we see his incarnation. Now we see his ascension. But watch this. The first part of that verse. Who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. That is his second coming. That is his kingdom rule, the millennial reign. Y'all with me say amen? amen. So this is a history lesson. We're looking at the past. We're looking at the past. Now let's, let's look at verse 7. So he's saying, he's saying the, the, the nation of Israel is, is such an integral part of history. Nation, I mean, it, the, the, the greatest majority, 80% of the Bible contains Israel or has to do with Israel, the nation of Israel. Okay, so we have this important part. Then we have Jesus and then we have the devil, right? Good versus evil. Look at verse 7. And there was war in heaven. There was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Now what does that mean? As we know, as we know by studying scripture, Satan has access to the heavenlies. He's the God of this world. He's a prince of the power of the air. He has access to the heavenlies. But there's coming a day, there's coming a day during the tribulation period when, when God is going to say, all right, that's enough. That's enough. And he's going to cast him out. No more access to God. No more access to the heavenlies. And there's going to be a war between Satan and his demons and Michael and his angels. Now keep in mind, there's three named angels. Three named angels. Michael, Gabriel, and uh, uh, help me, help me, help me. Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer. Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer. These are archangels. Three named archangels. All right. Uh, Gabriel, Gabriel is the messenger angel. He's the one that delivers the messages. You remember when he, he went to Zacharias to tell them about uh, John Baptist being born and went to Mary uh, he's the messenger angel. That's why many times you'll hear it when Gabriel blows his trumpet because he's, he's, he's sharing the message at the time. The time is here uh, for us to, to be raptured out. Uh, but then Michael is the war angel. He's the angel of might. He's the angel of might. And I had this alliterated. You know, Gabriel's the messenger angel. Uh, uh, Michael is the, the angel of might in battle, fighting war. And Lucifer, but this was before the fall, this, he was the angel of majesty. He would stand in the presence of God. He was the angel responsible for worship. 
and he was beautiful, the highest of all of them. But that's what caused his pride and ultimately his downfall. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Uh, now, I believe there's a possibility that they were, they were responsible for a third of the angels. Each one had a third. Uh, and Satan caused his to fall with him. And now we see, we see there's a war going on. God casts him out of heaven. Verse number 10. Verse number 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Now how many of y'all can, can say with me right now, that's a great day. That's a great day. But not for people on this earth. Because watch what happens. Watch what happens. They overcome him. This is talking about the accuser. They overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto death. Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Why are they rejoicing? Because he's not, he doesn't have access anymore. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth though and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you having great wrath because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. He knows, I ain't got but three and a half years. He's coming and he's coming with a vengeance. All right, so we see the man child. Look in, look in the next one. I want you to see the struggle. The struggle. First we see the angelic beings, Michael and Satan. The struggle, the war, the fighting going on. Jude 9 says this. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke thee. What does that mean? That means Satan, Lucifer, is a bad dude. And, 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 and all this, all this, he's an archangel. He's an archangel. All right? Y'all with me? This is important what I'm fixing to tell you. He's an archangel. And I'm talking, about, I'm talking about one angel can kill thousands and thousands and thousands of humans. It's recorded in Scripture. And he's an archangel, the highest of all angels. And, he, and what I'm saying is he doesn't take Satan lightly. He's not, he's not listen, he doesn't, he doesn't overlook or underestimate Satan. And, and, and you see people all the time saying, I rebuke the devil. Really? R really? You're going you're gonna to think about this. You know what the Bible tells us to do? Resist him. It also says, flee. Run. I have seen so many people print this stuff and type this stuff and say, I rebuke the devil. No, you don't. Are y'all with me? If, if Michael, the archangel, doesn't, we sure better not try. Are y'all with me? This is a big deal. Hey, let, me, let me continue. I ain't got much time. Watch. Watch this. Daniel 10 verse 12 says, Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. For the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. And I remained there with the kings of Persia. 
What does that mean? There are, there are demonic, there are demonic powers that are in this earth. And there is fighting going on right now that you don't even know about. And there is a messenger sent from God to Daniel. And he said, I'd have been here sooner, but the, the spirit that's over this realm withstood me till Michael came and helped me. That's what that means. Are y'all with me? Now watch, watch. Daniel 12, 1. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered. Every one of them shall be found written in the book. Church, say amen. amen. Now here's what I want you to leave with, because I don't want none of y'all leave. Say, oh my goodness gracious, oh my goodness gracious, we're in trouble. The devil's this powerful. Devil. But let me tell you something. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He said, what did he say? He said, the Lord rebuked thee. You trust in the Lord. You put your faith in the Lord. When the devil comes against you, run to the Lord. Say amen. amen. Now watch, now watch. We see the struggle, the struggle, good and evil, the struggle, the demonic struggle going on, the angelic beings. Then we see the accused brethren, the accused brethren. We have two weapons to fight Satan with. The blood of the lamb, verse 11, and the word of our testimony. Say amen. Verse, Revelation 1, 5, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own Revelation 5, 9, and they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy, out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Revelation 7, 14, and I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the of the Lamb. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying there's power, 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 wonder-working power in the blood. I have victory because of the blood of Christ. I have forgiveness because of the blood of Christ. His blood will wash away my sin. Don't take the blood out of the songs. Don't take the blood out of the books. Listen, it's the blood of Christ that washes our sins away. The only reason that we have hope today, the only reason that we have a future today is because of the blood of the Lamb. Say amen. Listen, the word of their testimony Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Say amen. Aren't you glad you can have a testimony? All right, we got to hurry. Got to hurry. You're not listening fast enough. Number three, we see there's a siege. There's a siege. The devil realizes I don't have but just a short time. I, I know the feelings. Amen. There is a shortness of time. A. There's a shortness of time. Therefore rejoice ye heavens, ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down unto you having great wrath. Because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. All right. Then B. We see the source of triumph. Not only do we see a shortness of time, but a source of triumph. It says, now watch what happens. Watch when Satan, he's cast out. 
And he comes to this earth. I believe he inhabits the, the Antichrist. He begins to per, per, <laughs> persecute Israel. All right? Persecute the one who brought forth the man child. Persecute God's people, the nation Israel. And when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man child. Who was the woman? The nation of Israel. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness into her place where she is nourished for a time and a times and half a time from the face of the serpent. What does that mean? During this last half of the tribulation period, God is going to preserve his people in a special place. And many people believe that's Petra, the wilderness. All right. I've got just a few pictures of, of Petra. All right, this is, this is in Petra, it's a rock, and I'll show you the entrance of it here in just a minute. Okay, next. These are the rocks. This, is, this, this was a, a happening place during the time of Solomon, all right? But it's almost totally hidden, the entrance of it. It's out in the wilderness area, and I, I'll show you in just a minute, all right? Okay. Now look, see the amphitheater up there in the top? Then we see the, the rock ledge, what we just saw. It's all around. This is what the city used to be back in Solomon's day. Okay? And see this? this whoa, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> all right. See this opening right here? There's an entrance coming in. There's only one entrance into this place. Right here. Okay? This is the amphitheater that you saw in that top, top right-hand corner. This is all Petra, okay? This is the entrance coming in. Is that cool? All right. This is part of the entrance coming in. There's only one way into this place. All right? I think that was the last one. Okay. Now, here's the deal. This place is in the wilderness. It is in the place that the nation of Israel wandered around before they came into the promised land. And this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. Many scholars believe that when the Antichrist reveals himself and he attacks and he turns against the Jews and begins slaughtering them, this is a time in Matthew chapter number 24. Remember when he says, when you see this, you flee, you run to the mountains, you get to the wilderness, you get to the safe place. This is where they're going to go. This is where God's going to preserve them and protect them and take them. This is toward the bottom. Actually, it's in present day Jordan right now. Toward the bottom half, if you see if you see Israel on the map here, and then you have the the, the Jordan River over here, and, and, and the, or the divide between Israel and Jordan is kind of down here toward in the desert place. Now, watch this. Watch this. Oh man. Uh. Yeah, I think we can do this. All right, write this down. Write these two things down, and I, I want to tell you something. The swiftness of the safety. And the sureness of the safety. Look what it says. Now when they go to flee and they go to run to this place. The serpent cast out of his mouth. In other words, the devil is going to use the Antichrist to attack them and send his armies against them. It says he cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood with the dra- which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Those are the ones that's left back in, in Jerusalem. Okay? Here's, here's what 
most scholars believe that when they flee and they're, they're going to this place, going to the wilderness, if it's Petra, I, I believe it's possibly that's where it's going to be. But wherever it is, wherever it is, he's coming after them. But God is going to protect them. He's going to send his armies. That's the flood that comes after them. And God's going to supernaturally protect them. Some believe it's going to be a sandstorm that covers them up and protects and hides them till God gets them where he wants them to be. Whatever it is, God's going to supernaturally protect them. And all God's people say it. Now watch this. I, I got to tell you this. And I hope I don't confuse nobody. If you get confused, I apologize. <clears throat> the nation of Israel, when they went into the promised land, God gave them, God gave them six cities of refuge. Okay, six cities of refuge. Three on one side of Jordan and three on the other side of Jordan. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And you say, what was a city of refuge? A city of refuge was a place, say, uh, uh, say me and somebody uh, got into a, a fist fight. We just had an argument, got into a fist fight, and, and, and the other person, you know, it was an accidental killing. All right? Didn't really mean to, but it happened. It wasn't premeditated murder. It was manslaughter. I could flee. I could flee. If you remember back then, it was eye for an eye. Right? I could flee to one of the cities of refuge and appeal my case to the high priest there and, and the avenger of blood. Okay? I was the manslayer. I was the manslayer. The avenger of blood would be a family member that would come to try to take my life to get revenge. Right? So you have the manslayer and you have the avenger of blood. Well, if he came and, and my, my case was brought and they found out that I was, I was guilty of murder... I would be turned over and he could take my life. But if it was found out that it was just manslaughter, and they would, they would uh, preserve my life, but I would have to stay in the city of refuge till the death of the high priest, then I could go free. Are, are you following me so far? Now you say, what does that have to do with this? I believe this is a city of refuge. A city of refuge. All right. Well, who is the manslayer? It's Israel. How many of y'all remember this? Crucify him. Crucify him. His blood be on us and our, our children. And do you know the avenger of blood has been chasing the nation of Israel ever since. And God is going to bring them to this city of refuge. You say, but preacher, preacher, preacher. But the manslayer, the manslayer, it it couldn't have been, they're guilty. They were responsible. But what did Jesus say about it? Father, forgive them for they. So guess what? They're going to be able to be in the city of refuge. Not till the death of the high priest, but to the coming of the true high priest. He's going to protect them there in that place of refuge till he destroys and defeats the Antichrist. And then he's going to bring them home. And all God's people see it. So what do we see in chapter number 12? Here's a little summary. You see a little bit of the past and a little bit of the future. You see the nation of Israel. You see Christ, the man-child, the Messiah coming out of the nation of Israel. We see his ascension we see his, the anticipation of his rule as king. You know, he will rule with a rod of iron. And, and, and by the way, when you read that, don't think that, that Jesus is going to be this tyrant. It just means that whatever his will is will take place. He's going to rule with love in a, in a purpose. Listen, you say, how do you know that? 
No tyrant ever had people that would call you wonderful. Right? But according to Scripture, during his reign, he'll be called wonderful, counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince. Of, are y'all with me? Amen. Amen. We're out of time again. Listen, listen. Uh, uh, I, I'm excited to be back in the study. Are y'all? Let's be praying. Let's be praying and, and, and pray God will touch this Sunday. Man, we had a great week last week, good service last week. And let's pray that God will move on our hearts this Sunday and God will touch us, help us. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the privilege.